It's time for another episode of the Culture Hall. It's episode number 450, where we call this episode Ginger Baby. I was gifted the most adorable picture of the, I'm not even sure, maybe a couple-month-old baby with the cutest headphones. You can see it as the cover photo for this episode of the Cultural Hall. And as I'm told, that is the grandchild of our co-host today, Annette. Welcome in. Thank you. It definitely yes, Yep, it's my little granddaughter. I think she's about three months old in that picture. So adorable. And you can't tell too much in the picture, but she's a ginger. Yeah. So she's adorable. And her name is uh, COVID, right? C-O-V-Y-D. <laughs> is that what we decided to name her? Is my own daughter well enough that no. <laughs> is it a Utah name? Something that is spelled no, not the way actually, that it should it's be? No, it, It's just unusual enough that not, she won't have to go by a, a middle initial or her last initial. Like, you know, growing up there was Mark S and then, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But no, it's, it's it's a normal name, and it's you, people will look at it and they'll know how to say it. So Interesting. It's like, I've never heard of these. Well done. No, I've never heard of these normal <laughs> names that you can just pronounce. But then again, coming out of Utah. Yeah, born and raised in Utah. So, uh, so I mean, there's a new t- a new time for everything. Uh, I want to share a couple of things that are exciting about this particular episode of the Cultural Hall. If you are a Patreon subscriber. You can uh, check out the video in the secret but not sacred Facebook group, and you'll see that it's not just me and Annette. Uh, we're joined also via the Zoom chat with uh, three other gentlemen. Interesting that they're all gentlemen. I gave no sort of heads up to folks, not really anyway. I said, hey, we're doing this in a bit. Love to have you join on it real quick. The first one that I'll introduce to you, uh, his name's Alan Blodgett. He's actually been on the show before. Uh, he is the one who gave us that awesome aerial photo of the um, Salt Lake Temple grounds from the drone last week. You can buy hit that photo and other great temple and other religious stuff at skyblodget.com. Welcome, Alan. Also uh, joining us from all the way down in uh, Florida. Florida? I think it's Florida. I ask him every yes. time I talk to him because I think <laughs> for some reason it's not Florida. Uh, a good friend of mine, Robert Casey. And then Ken, who I'm I'm not sure where Ken is at all in the world. Ken, where are you from? I am in a suburb of Indianapolis, Fishers, Indiana. Okay, okay. What, what's going on in Fishers, Indiana tonight? It is a beautiful night, and my family is downstairs watching the Hallmark Channel. Oh, there you go. So he said, thank you, but no, I'm going to go ahead and sneak away <laughs> and, and listen to this Articles of News. We'll do this on occasion uh, as best we can. I know that we record on Articles of News every week. And I, I'm going to find a better way that I can mute everyone so that we don't. I feel like these gentlemen are going to take care of themselves in this, but there could very well be a huge train wreck uh, in another circumstance. So thank you to you guys. I want to share a couple of emails as we get into this. Uh, by the way, that email address is contact at theculturalhall.com. And it now works for anyone slash everyone who wants to email the show. Because uh, we're paying a couple of bucks. Also, if you have a business that wants to sponsor the email, totally cool. We could do that. You can send us contact at theculturalhall.com. I got two emails this last week, and I want to share this with you. Uh, so the first one, Kevin, put your microphone on mute. We just had someone join us. Uh, this first one is from Brent. Uh, he says, I enjoy listening to the podcast. May you continue with that great effort. There it is. Said some feedback with the most recent episode where your guest co-host was reading off the new temple locations. She rather butchered the name of the country Kiribati, 
or there's also kirbis, if you want to say it that way as well. It was somewhat understandable if you are unfamiliar with the pronunciation until she indicated that a former missionary companion was from that country, undermining credibility a bit, or a, a lot, at least for that segment. By the way, I love your laugh, Brent. So, shared that email, contact at theculturalhall.com. Hopefully I made that correction and that you'll give that forgiveness to Chow uh, for mis mispronouncing that. And then this next email is a little bit of a teaser for next week's episode of the Cultural Hall for our articles of news. It's from a guy by the name of Corey Ward. He says, listening to your articles of news episodes over the last few months, I am aware of your theory about the lack of the angel Moroni on new temples. If I understand right, you are claiming that temples announced on or after October 2018 will be the cutoff point for including an angel Moroni on temples. We've talked about the bunch in the last couple of months. Well, he has done way too much research. It is pages upon pages, scrolls upon scrolls, and we are going to have Corey uh, on next week's episode of Articles of News to talk about what he's discovered, and he's going to take me to task. We have yet another person watching in our uh, Zoom feed. Uh, welcome to Dave, who has also been on the Cultural Hall before. Uh, good to have you, Dave. Now, Annette, what is new with you besides, obviously, being a grandma during the, the, uh, the pandemic? The pandemic, yeah. Well, a lot of people thought we were being ridiculous as far as our precautions. I didn't get to hold her till she was almost two months old. And even then it was, you know, the mask and, and, and all of that. Well, um, a few weeks ago, COVID came to the house. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so first, my 21-year-old uh, my uh, cougar daughter, um, she... Does that mean she likes younger men or she is a Brigham Young cougar? <laughs> no, she's a, she's a BYU student. Oh, okay, In fact, okay. a little proud mom moment here. She just got accepted into the advertising program, which is incredibly competitive. That's awesome. So Congratulations. But yeah, so she and her boyfriend came over briefly. She has been so careful herself with who she interacts with. She even lived with my um, very old parents this summer and didn't kill them. So nice. that was great. But she did not know that she had been infected. Uh. Um, she had gone to a friend's house, her, the friend's parents' house to watch a video just mm. with a small group of, of friends, distant, all that stuff, not knowing that the parents were positive because they did not know yet. So everyone at the at watching the video caught it. She brought it to our house, not we didn't know it. Um, and then my husband tested positive. Somehow I did not test positive, and neither did my um, my eighteen year old. Well, she was seventeen. She turned eighteen during our quarantine. Yeah, so perfect. That sucked. That's a way to celebrate your eighteenth yeah, birthday. It, it was bad. <laughs> so yeah, so they were downstairs for two weeks, Ugh. miserable, horrible. Our doctor later said it was the worst non hospitalized case he's seen. Ugh. I'm sorry. Between the two of them. Um, they're both recovered now, except for some fatigue. My husband could sleep 12 hours a night, do, do a couple of Zoom meetings, and then he needs a nap. I mean, yeah. he's still just, all the other symptoms are gone. His taste isn't quite back yet, but other than that, he's he, but he's just so tired all the time. So that was an adventure. Yeah. And I'm trying to make give my daughter an 18th birthday that didn't completely suck. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, now, with him having his taste be gone, are you trying new recipes around the uh, lion household? <laughs> Ironically, when his taste went, um, he, he had no appetite at all because mm. everything just tasted, it was nothing. Mm -hmm. um so he just didn't eat much mm -hmm. um it was kind of it just yeah it was it was like well what will you need food so what yeah. will you eat and yeah. then it'd be like well maybe something really salty that might maybe i could taste that 
Yeah. Um, the challenge was, you know, my um, other daughter, though, who was sick, she has some very, uh, some strict dietary needs. And that was a challenge to try to then bring her food and then all the fun stuff, masking up and everything to try yeah. to do their laundry, bring them food, not get sick from their dishes. It, it, it was not fun. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> I would say a, a good quick reminder for everyone. Obviously, we're not through it. I don't think that surprises anyone. But if you're starting to get tired of it, a good reminder to, you know, wash your hands, wear a mask. I, uh, in this very room, no, I'm not going to start singing the song, but in the home studio where I'm at right now, I had a client in here on Friday who I love the people that sort of dismiss that what they have is not COVID. You know, they sort of cough and they go, not COVID. And I'm like, eh, I feel like if you haven't tested, you really can't. Uh, you, you don't know. know. You can't don't say know. that. In fact, what I said was, I don't think you've tested, so you really can't say that. So he was in here Friday. We recorded a couple podcasts with him. I got a text message from him yesterday as I was DJing a wedding. I have oh, no. tested positive, so consider yourself exposed for the coronavirus. So there I am. If we can just imagine this real quick, I'm at my this wedding that I'm DJing, and I'm on the Utah Health Department's like chat. They have one of those live chat with someone, mm -hmm. and I'm like, here's the deal. This is what happened. This is how long ago I had it. Anyway, so it, it's essentially, it's an interesting thing. They say that the antibodies, obviously I could get it again, but the statistics that I would get it within 90 days of first time getting it are, you know, not astronomical, but it's far less well, that likely. That was actually one thing I was wondering, like yep. now going forward, and somehow I didn't get it, my other daughter didn't, but I was wondering with my husband and another daughter how long they'll be okay, so who knows, but... I think it's a good point to bring up, and, and this is not a political statement at all, but sure. we, as most of us know, our, you know, Utah Senator Mike Lee tested positive. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and on Twitter, he was saying, well, the, oh, are we the media doesn't... Are, are yeah. we going into news already, Annette? Are you busting news no, already? No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to just, just like okay, a public okay, service okay, announcement okay, okay. about COVID, because just because people sometimes forget. He said, well, everyone, no one is reporting that we... Actually, all of us were tested and were negative before the Rose Garden ceremony. Mm -hmm. But it just goes to show that you could be newly infected and contagious yep. and still test negative because it sure. can take five plus days before the test will show an accurate result in that way. So just yeah. be careful, people. Yes. Just be careful. Yes. <sighs> all right. Let's take a break. We've got a few uh, quick stories we're going to get through today. I know that uh, coming up in the third block of the cultural hall, one of our very own has written a top 100, uh, not only Latter-day Saint selling book, but also Christmas book. I sit down with Andrew J. Mara and we talk about his paperboy book, or Once I Was a Paperboy, or uh, the paperboy of... Anyway, he'll tell us all about it. That's coming up in the third block of the Culture Hall. Let's take a break and come back and do news. <laughs> Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. It's our ultra-mega back-to-school blowout sale. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars of ultra-high-quality laptops and desktops on sale for up to 50% off the original prices. We've got demos, scratch and dents, trade-ins, and funny-colored computers. It's crazy! Remember, you get a lifetime service guarantee on any PC Laptops brand computer. That means if you mess up your Windows or you get a virus or spyware, it's covered forever. Got an old yucky computer? No problem. We'll take it in on trade and we'll transfer all your pictures, music, and all your stuff to your PC Laptops computer for free. When you get your computer from PC Laptops, we'll make sure you're taken care of for a lifetime. To make it impossible to resist, we're doing 12 months special financing on any PC Laptops desktop or laptop computer. Have I lost my mind? 
Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC Laptops, where computers start at $7.99. PC Laptops, we love you. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, a quick reminder, we've said it before, but patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. If you want to be able to see the great videos, get behind the scenes access to anything that we've got going on. Heck, even some of our Patreon folks have become some of our panelists. So hop online, patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall, three, five or $10 a month. You can also find a link to our Patreon at theculturalhall.com. Uh, let's do some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. I've got a few um, stories that I can just blow through pretty quick that I found online. One is that um, we know that Elder Garrett Gong, he tested positive for the coronavirus. As we watched General Conference last week, uh, we know that he had pre-recorded his message because we knew he had been exposed. And then we found out afterwards that he had tested positive. Well, as part of that precaution, all of the members of the Quorum of the Twelve, including the First Presidency, were also tested, and they have subsequently tested negative. So that was Yay! just a, a quick little piece of news from this last week. Um, there is an interesting article. <laughs> Poor missionaries. The number of Latter-day Saints missionaries that are serving in the Dakotas has doubled during the COVID-19 pandemic. So those missionaries that were like, I'm going to New Zealand or, you know, I'm going to the Hawaiian Islands, wherever those places yep. are that might have greater travel restrictions. They've been relocated to the Bismarck, North Dakota mission. Uh, what was once 100 missionaries is now 200 plus as that awesome. as the amount of missionaries uh, serving out there. You know, it's interesting. Have you ever been to North or South Dakota, Annette? Nope. So uh, I believe it is North Dakota that has um, Mount Rushmore. And um, yes. if you get oh, it. No, yes. Yeah. That's right. And if you if you get into the Dakotas, there are some gorgeous parts of North and South Dakota. And then there are some like most of Wyoming and most of Nevada parts of North and South Dakota where you just go. All right. Is this is this it? But because they had such a huge boom about a decade ago. Uh, with the oil fields and some of the other things, just a mass of people who could make a ton of money went there, and it w and and things were so stressed. Things like you know, even just having a barber, there weren't very many barbers there, any temporary housing, any of that kind of stuff. So it's a a place that essentially just boomed overnight, and now people because they they purchased there, some of those things have dried up or aren't being used as much. There's just a lot of people whom are there from other places. So it'll be interesting to see if the if that's a an uptick as far as missionary worker people joining the the church because of those yeah. twice as oh, many sure. missionaries. And just because I know we will have people yelling at their radios or speakers or earbuds. Uh -huh. I double checked it's South Dakota. It is South check. Dakota? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I knew just it was one of the Dakotas. But I actually this just goes back to last week's articles of news. I was listening to it and I was so impressed, Richie, because you used the word infer. Correctly yes. twice. Yes. This I'm like I'm known as the word nerd. I am like the editor with the, the scary pen kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my peeves is people saying imply when they mean infer. Mm. And Richie you're right. Well oh, good job, guys. Anyway. So you don't mean to imply that I'm a word nerd, but I'm inferring <laughs> that you think I'm a word nerd. Exactly. Bring it. What do you exactly have? Exactly how it works. 
Okay, so a couple of mine are pretty quick too. The first one is Roots Tech is coming up at end of February. It's mm-hmm. the last weekend, the 25th through the 27th. Mm-hmm. And a couple of big things that are different this year. Um, number one, it is free whoop, whoop. and online. Whoop, whoop. So anyone around the world can attend. They can connect. And I believe that you'll be able to watch the you know presentations after the fact. I don't know how long they'll be up, but... Um, but I could ask someone because um, my husband has been uh, kind of recruited to be the tech guy. Really? For our root stuff. <laughs> is he really? So that's what he'll be doing for the next few months that, is helping that, out with root tech. That's awesome. So, yeah, he he actually was part of the whole getting roots tech started back when it was actually more about the tech. Uh-huh. Um, and now he's worked for Family Search for I'm not even sure how many years now, but. So right now his workload is theoretically 80% found, um, Roots Tech until it's over and then 20% with his regular teams. So oh we shall God. see. That's but, awesome. That is absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, so another really quick one is a, kind of a, a sad, sad slash happy story that is worth, well, the link will be there, um, that this going, goes along with um, mental illness awareness, which we just had a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Mental um, there is a couple yep. who got married um after both of their spouses succumbed to mental illness um via suicide so Ugh. really really sad happy ending but essentially be aware reach out you someone could be putting on a smiling face and be still be suicidal i mean in our in that one episode with brother kyle he actually admitted that he's been suicidal but you would never know it listening to him sure sure so reach out people reach out um, and then the other really quick one um was this has kind of gone around so people may have already seen it but there is a bishopric in Highland, Utah, that put together a video of them doing a parody of Billy Joel's for the longest time, <laughs> and you know, talking about coming back to church and please wear a mask and it's been so long and all. It, it's it's cute, not a hundred percent perfect. Their rhythms a little off when they're snapping sometimes and whatnot, but it's it's cute and it's 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 fun to watch. It's worth it's worth a few minutes to watch it. I will play a small clip of it right now. Nice. Do do do. Oh. Oh. Occurred pandemic, earthquake, church meetings put on hold. What else could there be? Did the crop drop have no zucchini? That hasn't happened for the longest time. So they quarantined us in our homes. Home centered Sundays quick became the norm. We felt heroic Then it soon felt claustrophobic Cause now we've been there for the longest time For the longest time For the longest Now we have some good news for you all Church resumes each week at least this fall. Ain't that exciting? Spread the word and start inviting. That hasn't happened for the longest time. And now I've played that small clip. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. uh, The uh, woman by the name of Tara Parks on TikTok 
It's uh, it, it sort of went the rounds a couple weeks ago. We shared it on our Facebook page. If you're not following us, follow at the Cultural Hall on any social media. Um, she's from Louisiana, and she had the the folks from Helping Hands come to her house and help take a tree off of her house. And she's she's famous for saying, "If there is an angel on earth, they are Mormon." Well, she has found the love of members of the church. She did a follow up video where she talks about. <laughs> how she found out that they don't like being called Mormons. And there's a follow-up video. Uh, now, spoiler, she is going to also be on a future episode no of way. the Cultural Hall. Yeah, she's great. I messaged her and <laughs> I felt really bad. I messaged her. I said, hey, uh, love to have you on the Cultural Hall. We'll just chat with you for a few minutes. I want to talk about how that went viral and all of those things. And she said, that'd be great. I'm evacuating due to another hurricane, Hurricane Delta. Can I get back to you in a few wow. days? And I was like, ah, suck. Well, be safe. And we'll chat yeah, that way. Well, that's a good excuse. Sure. That's, I didn't know she did a follow up, though. I need to watch that. that. Yeah, that was a that was really fun to watch. That yep. was awesome. Uh, a couple other quick things. Uh, if you haven't seen The Chosen yet, I know you can get The Chosen on the app. We uh, interviewed the the um, director and also writer for that. That's in a previous episode. But you can now get it on the BYU TV app. So if you have the BYU TV app, look for The Chosen. Uh, the first season, which is what the second season and now the third season will be about as well. But it's The Life of Christ. It's um, really, really, really good depictions of the life of Christ with the apostles. Similar like what we're doing the Book of Mormon videos, but it's a little more, um, it's a little higher production, maybe a little more, um, I don't want to say Hollywoody because I think that that makes people go, ugh, Hollywoody, but it's, it's music oh, is good, really good acting, really professional. Not that the churches isn't professional, but it's, it's just that. But it's a step up. Yeah. It's a step up. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, there was a, a poll that was taken about what is your favorite Latter-day Saint movie and i i am going to regret that i did this um but i am going to have everyone who is on the zoom call with us allow them to unmute what they uh, what they're listening and watching on cuz i'm going to get their favorite latter day saint movie and see if someone names the number 1 and we're going to go quick and i'll call it out as to who we're going to alan favorite lds movie go oh i can't think of the name um give me a minute okay Describe coming it. back to alan robert favorite lds movie go Johnny Lingo. Okay. It was not in the top 10. Ken, favorite LDS movie. Go. I'm going to have to go with the RM. The RM, not in the top 10. Dave, favorite LDS movie. Go. Uh, the Other Side of Heaven. It was number one, two, three, four, five, six. Way to go. Ooh. Kevin, you're watching. What is your favorite LDS movie? Oh, looks like he's on mute. All right, Alan, I'm coming back to you, Alan. Passage of Sarah Hemla. Okay, not it. The number one movie, according to this poll, was... They're wrong. They're wrong. I'm telling you that right now. Do you know what it is? No, what's I, your, I know what's it's yours? not on the list and should be. What is it? Jane and Emma. Okay. Jane and Emma deserve to be on the list. Also not on the list. I'm it gonna, should have been. I'm yeah. going to give you the top... One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. From eight down to one. Here we go. Number this eight. Ricky loves lists. Yeah, number... <laughs> thank you. Number eight, Saints and Soldiers. Number seven, The Singles Ward. Number six, The Other Side of Heaven. Number five, The Cokeville Miracle. Number four, 17 Miracles. Number three, The Best Two Years. Number two, The Fighting Preacher. Number one, The Phone Call. 
here's the question, Richie, our little um, Latter-day Saint movie Easter egg. How many of those do you have a part in? So I was just thinking about it, actually, as you said that. I was in uh, The Fighting Preacher, and I was in The Singles Ward. Oh, and I was also in a, in a Saints and Soldiers. So three of the eight. Boom. Woo! What story do you have, Annette? Okay, so this is one I love because it's a writer person, but it's also inspirational and it's awesome. Her name is Jody or Orgill Brown. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, there's a video of her telling this amazing story that the church put out, but it's essentially, I won't tell the whole story of her own. We'll let her do that because she's amazing at it. But essentially she had a brain tumor. Oh, geez. Um, and when they removed it, it made the right half of her face completely paralyzed. And then that um, almost like Almost like a stroke, yeah? Yeah, okay. only probably even more so. I mean, it, it was, you know, it was complete, absolute paralysis. I mean, it's like, it's just completely changed her life. Everything from I can't kiss my husband anymore to mm. trying to eat food and drink is hard because I things fall out of my mouth and all of this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so she has, a, she has a couple of books. One of them is called The Sun Still Shines, a, How a Brain Tumor Helped Me See the Light. Mm. Um, it's excellent. I, I, I've met her. She is fantastic. But here's the cool part is, well, that's cool too. But last month she had um, a, this very amazing surgery by this neurosurgeon in California. She flew out, she lives in Utah, but she flew out to, um, out there and had the surgery where they took a nerve from her foot and shoved it in her face. And in theory, <laughs> it will allow her to have some movement in, in that side of her face again to eat and smile and, and close her eye and that kind of stuff. So wow. she's, now she's recovering because of how they did the surgery. She has one side of her face that's paralyzed and the other half is numb. Wow. <laughs> so it's even harder to eat. Um, I've been following her. She does regular updates on Facebook videos, trying to, you know, with her surgical recovery and all that. And she is absolutely inspiring. And it's wow. um, the video that the church put out is specifically about how this amazing male nurse came and really helped her when she all it was was a simple act of service, washing her hair, but it hmm. changed her experience of recovery. It's, it's really inspiring. So That's we'll very it sweet. Later. Yeah. And you can find a link to that in the show notes for this episode, uh, at the culture hall.com. Uh, a couple other quick stories. One, they, uh, are preparing to break the ground on the Moses Lake temple. Uh, that's up, uh, what Washington way. Is that Moses Lake up there in the Pacific I'm Northwest? Forgetting. So yeah. And what, I, and what I love is you'll find the link at the culturalhall.com is that when they say they're preparing to break ground, what they're doing is that little strip of sod, they're laying that down, and that big pile of dirt that they'll put the shovels next to, like that's what they're doing. They're not, it's not like, you know, heavy machinery is in there or whatever. They're just getting it ready to look great for pictures. Also, a uh, shout out to previous guest here in the Cultural Hall, Morgan Jones. A lot to do with her in the last week because All In, the LDS Living podcast, All In. If we're going to recommend one, I recommend that one. Uh, it's it's nothing like the Cultural Hall, but Morgan does such a great job. They hit 100 episodes and now have over 5 million downloads. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, that, of course, is called All In, and you can find it wherever you're getting the cultural hall. What else do you have, Annette? So a lot of people know about the World War II candy bomber. Yes. Um, Gail Halverson. He's the guy who would, you know, he, after World War II, he would fly his plane in, and they, they would bring in supplies, and, you know, to, I think it was East Berlin, wasn't it? Or at least they, Eastern they would par- They would parachute the candy in and other, like, pencils well, and, and those things. Like his, 
Yeah, so he had other things he was, you know, throwing out of his plane, but he thought, oh, the kids want me. He I should some fun for the kids. So he actually had little little handkerchiefs that he put candy on for just just for the kids, in addition to like, you know, life-saving food and medicine. Um, so he was known as the candy bomber and he just turned 100 years old. Wow. And he just said, I'm I'm grateful to still be alive. Wow. So he's so one funny thing here. So several years ago, uh, my now 21 year old um got to go to the motab concert mm-hmm. um where you mean the tabernacle choir at temple square annette the tabernacle yeah, sorry. choir the tab cats the tab cats um she got to go to the their christmas concert where he was honored and there was a moment where they actually from the top of the conference center they released all these little handkerchiefs of candy that were floating down oh, little, cute. You know, um and she said it was ridiculous people around them were like give me that i'm getting that for my kid and she was like did we learn nothing <laughs> Oh, it was it. so pathetic. I'm like, you guys, it's the conference center and the candy bomber. Come on. Yeah. We we okay. espouse Christian values until it means that our kid doesn't get something and then all bets are off. Exactly. Sharpen yeah. up your elbows. Ridiculous. Uh this was an this was an interesting article that uh I saw. It's in some sort of like business something, blah blah blah, boring, boring. But did you know that the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the forty-fourth highest consumer business-wise of travel 40 like 44th i'm not sure if it's the united states i'm assuming probably based on the publication that it is um the 44th highest consumer of travel for example uh in 2019 the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints spent 139 million dollars on air travel and and, and, the, and this uh, the article also goes into like who they use most of the time, Delta, American and United. Uh, it also talks about uh, who their primary hotel suppliers are. You'll be glad to know Marriott is one of them. Uh, oh. Did you know who the church uh, rents a car from? Enterprise and Hertz. National oh, and Hertz okay. and Hertz. I don't know. It was an interesting article to see that we ranked that high. I guess I hadn't ever thought about it, but uh, to know that. Church One of, of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Sense in hindsight, but yeah, I might not have come with that on my own. Yeah, forty fourth. We're number forty four. We're number forty four. <laughs> I love it. And and BYU. Since we're talking about that, BYU. That is the Brigham Young University with a win on Saturday over the University of Texas San Antonio is now thirteenth in the nation of teams that have actually played football. So it's like. <laughs> It's like being in the top 25 of like the schoolyard thing. If the high school is not playing, you're the best varsity team. They've actually had a great season, but I'll be interested to see how quickly they drop out uh, once other teams start to get in. I know the Pac-12 is coming and... And one of the big five or something like that is going to start playing pretty soon as well. It'll be interesting to see actually what happens down the road with even like current high school seniors. This is when they usually play and scouts are watching them and not all of them are playing depending on where they are and what schools they're at. And this could completely derail scholarships and all kinds of crazy things down the road. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In appropriate ways that people throw shade. Dave, who's watching on Zoom, just shouted out, go Utes. Uh, so thanks, Dave. Uh, also, also interesting. Oh, we got uh, that's Georgia, right? Georgia Bulldogs. We've got all sorts of people watching this thing. Um, also interesting to note, more people watched not this last BYU football game, but the BYU football game before. More people watched that football game than watched the uh, LA Lakers and the Miami Heat champ, uh, championship game two. The second game, what? more people watched BYU football than that game. Why? 
That's crazy. I think that people miss football, and I think that the idea of watching two superpower basketball teams, like if you're not from L.A. or you hate L.A., you're certainly not going to watch. And then, you know, Miami, you're like, "Eh, it's, it's Miami. I mean, it's pretty detached from anyone here in Utah. Right now, everyone's just desperate for sports or normal life of any kind. I know that it's but, for uh, me. Oh, speaking of, so one last little thing for me. Um, uh, this is one of the one really cool resource I found that it's been, and you might hope you'll appreciate this, Richie, because it's a church history-ish nerdy okay, thing. Okay, yes. Um, so there's a, a Twitter account, and it's also a website called Keep a Pitchin. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's I think it's it, I think it's Keep a Pitchin in. Keep a Pitchin in. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, so, she, but she's, she's this amazing historian and she goes to, you know, primary sources and records, posts some fascinating stuff. She had a piece on her website recently about this Turkish genocide that took a, a whole, like a hundred something Latter-day Saints that mm. I had never even heard of just <laughs> fascinating things like that. But throughout the pandemic, something she's been doing is looking up people like members of the church who died of the 1918 pandemic mm-hmm. and she'll do these little tweets about and she calls them who we lost so it's who we lost colon and then she'll describe the person includes their connection to the church whether they were baptized or sealed in the endowment house or whatever and then you know they were survived she was survived by seven children or wow. you know whatever it's been fascinating and heartbreaking and putting things into perspective so I, I would follow her on twitter and then check out her website as well and it's artist right is that the woman's name i want to say that's I her believe name so artist i can't yeah. remember her last name but artist yeah. i want to say parcel but that seems like something that would be delivered on my porch sorry artist if that's not your last name maybe it's parcel parcel artist maybe it's not artist i'm pretty sure keep it's a pitching in that's Look at that. You'll find it. And you'll find that link at theculturalhall.com. Yeah. Just a couple other things. I loved today, if you're not following us on Twitter, Andrew has reached, recently taken over our Twitter uh, where he did the Zoom Zoom Ye Saints. No bad Wi-Fi uh, fear or something like that. I don't know. We started doing lyrics to a parody <laughs> song of Zoom Zoom Ye Saints. I listened to... Uh, I listened to sacrament meeting, my Zoom sacrament meeting, because I was only allowed to Zoom it. I wasn't allowed to go. I listened to my uh, sacrament meeting in the shower today. And so it was interesting to be like, amen, scrub underneath the pits. Amen. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm going to have I'm going to have a hard time getting back to church, I think, if it's like. Look at what I'm able to do and be religious right now. And it's only an hour. Yeah, like, yeah. Boom, ours, ours isn't even ours, ours isn't even an hour. It's about 40 minutes. It's two speakers. Yeah. We have an amazing musician, organist in our ward who plays, just plays and we listen. And uh, yeah. yeah, so so it'll be it'll be interesting. They've recently I noticed today that they called everyone who is in the Relief Society presidency and uh, elders quorum presidency. They didn't release them to the from their callings, but they also called them to be newsletter specialists. So mm. because this is going to be something that we're going to be with dealing with for the next few months, they're making a, a newsletter that we're, are, is going to contain the entire text of the talks that that go out and everything nice. else. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, but you did a Twitter shout out to Andrew. So here's uh, another. So thank you for this shout out last week with the Instagram. Oh, that yeah. I've been working on with Kelly. Yep. That's been fun. So, but one little problem we, we had, there was, we had a bit of a hiccup with the giveaway you said was live. It wasn't live yet. Uh, oh. It should be live by the time this episode goes live. Okay. So look, check out the giveaway on Instagram. You'll want it to enter. I promise. Okay. Uh, you can find us at the cultural hall on Instagram. We have only four minutes, y'all. 
only four minutes. And I noticed that Dory tried to come in and then we may have lost her. So, Dory, I'm sorry that we didn't catch you. Um, the First Presidency gave its annual message of uh, encouraging you to vote. Um, so please, in whatever way, I am sure even with the character that I know about the people that are in this Zoom call, I know that we don't think all the same. And that's perfectly fine. What I want you to do, and I'm being very serious and you will hear me mention this every time, every episode between now and Election Day, I want you to figure out what your plan for voting is going to be. If you're doing it mail-in, if you're doing it absentee, if you're going to go to the actual polling location, whatever it is, make sure that you're registered. And also, please, 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 please make sure that you do it and that you have a plan and that within that plan, you're allowed for lots of variables. Uh, there will be lots of variables. If 2020 has taught us anything, it is that there will be lots of variables and you need to be ready for them. So I hope that you are registered and that I hope that you take that pretty serious. I've had the opportunity to talk with um, some family about it and they were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know that it matters. And sometimes here in the state of Utah, we certainly can feel frustrated about that kind of stuff. But wherever you're at, uh, and this goes for our international listeners as well, whenever you get the opportunity to be able to share your 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 vote, be able to do it, take that second to do it. It's very important. And, um, you know, also do what my uh, do what my wife has made me now do. Stop arguing on Facebook about political things. She has she this is this is not a joke. And as we kind of close here, she I'm not allowed to have my phone after eight o'clock anymore. <laughs> Because that would be the time that I would just troll everyone who I knew disagreed with me. And I would never share my opinion. I would just troll them. It's the worst sort of contention. I can repent. She is awesome. Yeah, she's, she's, she's awesome. She's, she's pretty so great. Good. She's pretty but great. But thank you for, for encouraging everyone to vote. I agree. Amen. Whatever your political views, please vote. Yep. Please, please, please. Yep, yep, yep. So to Alan, to Robert, to Ken, to Dave. I know we had Kevin as well. And Dory, who came in and then left just as quick as she did come in. Thank you guys so much for uh, being a part of this episode. Uh, we're not actually going to close this out here because coming up in the third block, I visit with Andrew J. Mayer about his Christmas paper boy. The paper boy who knew Santa at Christmas or, or paper boy. Is there a Santa? Signed Virginia. I can't remember what the name of his book is. Well, we'll talk all about it coming up in the third block of the Cultural Hall. <laughs> Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, I am very honored, and I know that there are going to be some people that are like, hey, 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 hang on. You're talking about Christmas before Halloween has uh, even taken place. But, but I say... It is important that you start getting that gift giving taken care of now because who knows what November and December is going to be like. If 2020 has taught us anything, it is, I don't know. I mean, you may need to order it now for the new year. Uh, we are talking with a Amazon top 100 author, 
everybody. It's Mr. Mayor himself, Andrew J. Mayor. Welcome in, sir. Thank you. Love to be here. The uh, name of the book is Tales of a Paperboy, and as you've been in doing articles of news with us, and and uh, you run our Twitter currently, thank you for all that you do at the Cultural Hall. I was accused today of using it as my personal account. I saw that, and I was just going to give you a hard time. I mean, most of the time it's uh, religious and or Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints related, but not always. Sometimes the internet can just be fun, everybody. Sometimes it can just be random. But also maybe we'll make it a little bit more church-related. I don't know. We'll see. Just so long as it's not every tweet is Tales of a Paper Boy by Andrew J. I don't Mayer. think I've done one. No. I don't think I, I would I, I'm, ju- I'm just setting, <laughs> I'm setting boundaries. Like the electric fence for the dog. I don't want you to get into the, uh, I don't want you to get into the street and then get run over. Oh, yeah. Whatever that parallel would be to this situation. You have talked about it before. You have sent me a copy. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you are looking at the cover uh, because I have it. It's backwards because that's how the internet works. Um, But it's a handsome book, and it is a Christmas story or collection of stories, themes, and and kind of uh, musings from you. What makes you so so high and mighty to write a book, Andrew J. Mayer? I don't know. I was uh, sitting in a, a restaurant with a friend of mine because I always write these Christmas stories. So every Christmas for the last 10 years, I I just write these little stories. Some of them are true. Some of them are just other stories I hear and I read them, rewrite them in my own way. And I usually do it every day throughout December. And a friend of mine just said, you need to write the book. And then I said, I have this idea. And I started telling him about the idea. And then he was like, no, you really need to write this book. And so that was that was a little over a year ago. And so I said, okay, I think I'm going to write this book. So I sat down and I wrote a book and then realized how much harder it is after you've written the first draft to actually do it. And then once it's out, actually to keep it, I mean, it's a lot of work beyond just the writing of it. So the, the like the structure or the, man, you put something down on paper and you're like, well, that's garbage. Oh, that Everything. needs to be revised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That uh, The first draft was was interesting. So instead of my normal thing last year, instead of my normal every day during Christmas, I'll uh, write a different story. I actually told my story partly because I hadn't written the last three chapters yet. And I figured if I, if I get on Facebook every night and read my book, eventually I'm going to get to those chapters I haven't written mm-hmm. and I have to write them because people will be going, where are these chapters? Yeah. Uh, so, so it forced me to finish, finish it. But then you start going back and looking at it and and even things that are so good to me, so they just don't tell the story or they, they need to be told in another story or they need to be put somewhere else. So it's really hard taking out the things that you love mm-hmm. to get to the heart of the story you're telling. So is Tales of a Paperboy your story? I wrote it. And the way I say it is there are echoes of my life in it, but it is not. It's a fiction. It's a story. It's a fictional story. It's a story I made up. But some truth some autobiographical like yeah uh, i was a paper boy in south ogden yeah. and, and like the uh you know the lead character is schmandrew k blair i mean that's no coincidence i'm just teasing no. I, I think it's i mean i want to get into some of maybe a little portion of uh of the story maybe something you can share to whet everyone's appetite to be able to go and purchase this book as a great gift i know that it to be uh family friendly certainly inspirational spiritual i would attribute it that as well like spiritual but not religious yeah i mean it the most the religious i get and he's 
obviously a member of the church, but um, he visits a Catholic church at the end, near the end of the book. And uh, they're talking to him about, you know, a little about religion. And then uh, the priest says, hey, before I get in trouble for teaching some other kid religion, hey, who are you? And he said, I'm a Mormon. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then he stops and says, no, we're supposed to say Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I throw that joke in there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's literally the entire reference to the Church of Jesus Christ or Mormonism. So but certainly themes throughout it that I think that yeah, you know are it's attributed. A Christmas story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh very Christian, very Christmas. What what um so so you have the book, you get the challenge, it's a year ago, first draft garbage, second draft we finally get anyway. So I we know I'm holding it in my hand. What for what for you, like why is it so important that the that this gets shared? Is it the the challenge that lay was laid out there for you? Was it that you wanted to be able to share those life lessons coming up? Is it just because you like Christmas and you want to give families a a book to read during the month of December? Like what is this? No, I, I think there's an overall theme. There's two main themes of the book that I think need to be out there. Actually, there's a few, but two that I'm going to point out today. And the first one is um, there's an ongoing story of these church bells in the distance that the, the character, this boy who's just recently moved, had to move to Texas uh, from Texas to Utah to live with his grandma after his mom died the year before at Christmas mm. and his dad gets a job at a state. So he's alone at a grandma that he only knows because she visits once a year, you know, mm -hmm. and, and he's, he's there, he's got to find the Christmas spirit. And he hears these church bells in the distance as he's delivering the papers through the neighborhood. And as he goes, he eventually stops being able to hear them. Turns out it's, it's literally because he bundled up too tight and he was in Utah and he wasn't used to bundling up, um, with his hat and gloves and everything else. And he couldn't hear the bells, which makes him sad. And then when he hears them again, he, it, it brings a lot of the joy back and it, it coincides with some other things that are going on in the book, the kind of when he's re when he's discovering, uh, the Christmas spirit. And so hmm. it kind of goes along that line. And the, the, the comment at the end of the book is that the church bells were always playing. It's just really, we do things to, to help keep us from stop keeping us able to hear those bells. Yeah. And it also attributes the Christmas bells, the, 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 the music and the bells of Christmas or what we call the Christmas spirit is often dressed up much like Santa Claus is, but the rest of the year it's called the Holy spirit. Right. Mm. So that, that, mm. that, that theme is the first one. Um, and what was the second one? Um, <laughs> you said there were many, so you don't have to pinpoint yeah, yeah. whatever the second one was. I don't so know. The other, one, you didn't the other one is this theme of service. Okay. So, so the, the, the boy, um, he gets, uh, his name's Daniel, Daniel, his dad. I thought his name was Schmandrew. It's not Schmandrew. <laughs> oh, it's close. It's close. It's Daniel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, his dad forces him to get a paper out because he had had a paper out when he was a kid and mm -hmm. he figures he's going to be gone. So, Hey, this is a good opportunity to teach him responsibility. Anyway. He's in a basically a, a, a what I call the nearly dead, newly wed, nearly dead wards, mm -hmm. back in in one of those neighborhoods, and most of the people are retired. So as he's delivering the papers, he gets to know all these different people, and some of them are in his church, and some of them have nothing to do with church, and they all teach him a different aspect of the Christmas season. Hmm. But he gets to know them by learning to do service for them and that, that aspect of service. And through the conversations with one of them later on, the comment is made, we are a mortal form of angel when we serve each other. Hmm. So that's another main theme is that 
service builds community and community is what we're driving for as a, as members of the church and as, as disciples of Christ and everything else. Tell me that he serves three different people, the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas present. And no, no that's not, ah, I come to service these chains of service, which I <laughs> built in life. Now you have had tremendous success. It hasn't been available uh, for purchase very long. And you, you know, I know at one point you sent me a message that said, we're number one, go and look now, because it's not going to last very long, but we're yeah. number one. And you yeah, in it fact was gone were. in minutes. It was gone maybe, but in, it was up for about a half hour, 45 minutes. That's a huge that, deal. So it was a lot of fun. So August 17th, we released it. It's designed to, I, I figured, you know, I need to kind of figure out what I'm doing here. So get it out there, release it, see what I can do. And then I'm doing a kickoff, like mm-hmm. a sales kickoff for November 5th. And that'll kind of spearhead the Christmas season. And then we'll see how, how it goes. I'll, I'll report back later, I guess. Oh, of course, of course. And I mean, in association with this episode, we'll have a link. So if people want to get it before November 5th, get it in their home, make sure they have it in their hot little hands. Because the thing is, you wait, if it's as popular as I think it's going to be, you wait till, you know first of December, there's no more books to be had. You're buying right. electronic versions or, or uh, the audiobook version, which will both be available that people can get as well if they if they like that kind of stuff. So there is a giveaway currently if you're on Goodreads. Okay. You can go to Goodreads and sign up and there's a, I'm giving away three books there. You can sign up there. And more to come on the kickoff day, there's probably going to be some giveaways and some ebook giveaways. And I haven't finished all that planning yet. You know, I'm doing, I'm my own marketer. Sure. So I have to do everything myself. Yeah. So I'm, self, I'm self-publish of often means self-marketer and yep. self, you know, self-tour guide, you know, all the things that you're going around and planning. Luckily, I had some, I had a really good editor I was able to rely on. And she's referenced in the book, Kat McCary did a, did a really good job making me sound better. <laughs> Well, I mean, I I know from being able to visit with you, you just have, you have a love certainly of the time of Christmas to know that there is a musical theme. I know that you're crazy about music, especially like, uh, you know, the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square and and things like that, the Bell Choir, all of those things. So it doesn't surprise so me that those are actually, themes within it. The the reason I started writing the blogs started because of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir's Christmas it was more than 10 years ago, probably one of the worst Christmases Christy and I had. We were as poor Christy as Christy is can, your wife. We were about as poor as you can imagine. And um it and 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 beyond that, there was a lot of things going on that year. It just was like the worst Christmas I could remember at that time. Hmm. Um my dad had passed away two years before and our our Christmas traditions changed. Things things were different and I just remember thinking this sucks. Uh, Christmas is not the same as it used to be. And I was feeling much like Daniel was in that book. Oh, and I used to do Santa Claus all the time. Mm-hmm. So I used to be a Santa. I used to, and You were one of Santa's helpers, obviously. I was one of Santa's helpers. In fact, you know, just like there's a character in the book who's one of Santa's helpers. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any Santa gigs. Mm-hmm. I had nothing going on. And so we just decided, you know what, let's go down to Delta, Utah, where Christy's from and stay with Christy's family. And, and just like lick our wounds for the year and mm. just kind of hope we have it. Anyway, we get down there and uh, the night we just start watching and it's the one with um, Edward Herman. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, um, I heard the bells on Christmas day, the writing of that. And he tells a story of Henry, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, which I, I referenced that story in the book significantly. One of my characters tells that to the, the, the boy. 
as he's telling that story, it reminded me, and this, so the story of the bells literally is true about South Ogden, Utah. So hmm. when I was a paper boy in South Ogden, Utah, you, there's three different churches that you can hear bells. There's the Lutheran church up on Harrison Boulevard. There's Weber state college, and there's a, a Catholic church up on uh, highway 89 mm-hmm. and all three of them have have these bells and depending on what time of day and where you can hear them you can hear them and some of them play music some of them just play random bells and i would literally listen to that every day and there and it, it this this story about reminding myself remembering when that year i couldn't hear them and what mm. was going on when i was a kid mm. that's a real story from my life and i actually you know, there was one night when I like, it was warmer. So I took my hat on gloves off. I'm like, Hey, there's the bells. <laughs> and it gave me joy. So that, that whole thing was running through my brain as I went to sleep. And about two in the morning, I got up and wrote this story that I posted on Facebook and sent out to all my friends. It was the very first one I ever did. And it got a lot of good reaction to it. So I'm like, Hey, I'll do another one. Yeah. And so ever since then, I, every Christmas I do these stories of Christmas. It's a it's a pretty remarkable story and no small feat for anyone who's ever tried to write a book. Uh, for anyone who has written a book, they they certainly recognize it. So I think it's uh, it's pretty awesome that you've had it, that you've done it, that you put it out there as a challenge to yourself, and that also it's being received so well. I'm going to give you one second because I want you to find a small portion of your book that you could read to us doesn't okay. have to be within you can maybe set it up if we need context around it but i'd like i don't know maybe a minute or two of this story great so let me just give you a little setup here daniel has come and he's gotten to know some of his neighbors and one of them so one of the ways he learns to get his to get to know his neighbors is they feed him mm. and um these are this really happened when i was a, a paper boy i had families that i would drop by to collect the money for and i knew exactly when to be there and they'd have food <laughs> and the 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 lathams on monday night always had tacos mm. and family home evening mm. and i would i would drop by and i'd eat tacos to the point that eventually they started assigning me a scripture or a song <laughs> and, and i even gave lessons a few times sure. so the latham so this is a similar scenario so it's it's the johnsons though it's the wally and Rhonda johnson anyway He's there having tacos with Rhonda Johnson, and he realizes that she loves shepherds. Like more so than anything else in the in the Christmas story, she has shepherds everywhere. And he's like, why do you like shepherds so much? And so she starts telling him about how shepherds are are the perfect example of uh, for Christ. Uh, you know, uh, they're the perfect place for the engine angel to come down and appear uh, appear and tell him because they're, they're the ones taking care of their flocks and they're the ones doing that. And, um, so she does this by sharing two songs, um, O Little Town of Bethlehem and Angels We Have Heard on High. And she's describing, um, what that is. So I'm going to start just after she finishes talking about O Little Town of Bethlehem. So she says, I wonder if those toiling for others will be the first to know that Christ has returned. Mrs. Johnson said, She suddenly flipped to another song in the music book and pointed to the page as if she was reading a picture story to a bunch of first graders. Do you know this one? I read the title, Angels We Have Heard on High, then said, yes, of course I know that one. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Do you know what that means? She then answered her own question. Glory to God in the highest, she said. Oh, that makes sense, I said. It didn't. I wanted to sound smart. It is what the heavenly angels sang when they announced the birth of the Christ child. Then she became excited. Angels, she exclaimed. What or who are angels? I shrugged. 
Do they have white flowing robes and harps and wings like those depicted in cartoons and movies? I shrugged again. Well, not exactly, she said with a smile. Angels are messengers from God. In the story of Christ's birth and other places throughout the scriptures, they are the beings from the other side who deliver a message from God to man. They sometimes only speak. At other times, they invoke God's power to perform miracles. I imagine that before this life, I was one of those angels proclaiming glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I was mesmerized as she, just, she shared her love of angels and shepherds. I am sure that witnessing a multitude of heavenly hosts made quite an impression on them, she continued. The scriptures discuss how they went about telling everyone. It was part of the plan for the shepherds to tell others, and they were certainly the right messengers. Who better to understand what it means to stay together as a flock, to look for those who are lost, or to serve one another and carry the message of peace, goodwill to men. As counterparts to angels, the shepherds are indeed a great mortal option. We are just a mortal form of angel when we serve each other. Cool. That's great. I, I like that it's not... Uh... I mean, that we're able to see it sort of through uh, the kid's eyes. So it doesn't seem, uh, first of all, too mature that I'm, I don't understand what in the world you're talking about. <laughs> um, but second of all, that it's not so heavy handed. Right. It's not. A, it's just a great message. Great for the holidays. It's called Tales of a Paperboy, a Christmas story. Uh, you can find a link to it in association with this episode or you can find it on Amazon by searching Tales of a Paperboy, Andrew J. Mayer. Now, I need to ask you because I can't remember. You've been in the cultural hall before, but have I ever asked you if you have a calling? And if so, what is it? It is, uh, I'm currently the ward mission leader and first counselor and the elders quorum president. If you could pick a calling for yourself or make one up, what would you pick? Man, I could write books for a living with, with no, really gospel doctrine teacher. What, I, what subject? I could, you know, I'd like to teach, I really like to teach uh, new investigators, like gospel principles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Uh, and now, as you know, the final question, uh, and interpret it however you will, what is your favorite part of your faith? I think the understanding that uh, that God is there in our trials and tribulations as well as in the, the happy times. So that there is no there is no time that God is not with us. And just like in the book, the bells are always playing. It's up to us to hear. And sometimes we're the ones who are not in tune, but he's always there with his love for us. Now, anyone who's heard you on the cultural hall before knows that this next part you suck at really bad. <laughs> so my fingers are crossed. Here we go. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope you all get home safely. There it is. And that if you're sick or afflicted, that you'll be able to join with us next week. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the cultural of the hall. Of the cultural hall. Yeah, you did it. I did it. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the culture hall show.